the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. One of my favorite financial people in the world, Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. Also one of my favorite sites to visit on a daily basis. Um, If you're looking for a stock market update, if you're looking for breaking news, if you're looking for kind of analyst reactions to stocks, if you're looking for... IPOs and what are they telling us as far as what are the grades look like on these guys? Are they good IPOs, bad IPOs? Uh, what's coming out? Tech, biotech, uh, healthcare. It tells you what's going on in the economy and it's pretty fascinating stuff, at least for me. Uh, welcome, Mr. O'Hare. How are you? Hi, Rob. Thanks for those kind words. I'm uh, doing well. Thank you. Yeah, I do. I think what some guys are, are to sports enthusiasm, I'm to financial. And I'm not going to say like it's it's like I could do this all day because at some point I'd get tired. But it is I, studying Europe and studying oil and softening dollar and you know learning you know the only number that means anything to me is the jobs number, inflation. Let it it'll be okay. Autos, it's okay. But I, I find it educational and rewarding because you can become a better investor and you know save more for retirement. I'm with you, Rob. I uh, okay. I'm getting up at you know, 4 a.m. for 20 years now, and and uh, <laughs> I look forward to it, <laughs> quite frankly, because um, I'm just excited and uh, interested to see well, you know what happened in the five or six hours I was sleeping, <laughs> and uh, and taking it from there and trying to make some sense of it for our readers uh, in terms of the big picture takeaway and uh, and even what it might mean for the market on that specific uh, trading day. And sometimes you think you know you're going to hit a home run and. Something totally different happens, but that's all good. And hopefully when you and I retire, we'll be able to sleep past 4.34 in the morning. Right. Uh, that's, that's another story. That's yeah. a couple years away. Uh-huh. Um, markets. Um, end of summer, a little complacency going on, very low level of VIX, very thin trading. Should we? Uh, what should we know going into the fall? Well, I think uh, the one thing we should know is that it's not going to stay this way. Um, I, I do have to say, again, uh, citing my years of experience, I, I don't recall um, in August being quite this quiet, this slow, if you will, um, and, and this overbearing sense, really, that, you know, uh, that the lack of participation is driven by uh, presumption that there's some bad news that's going to, End the party, you know, uh, that's out there on the horizon that's going to end the party. It's, it's, it's a really strange feeling, quite honestly. You have the major indices sitting here at record highs, uh, and it seems as if no one wants to be a part of that. 
Um, and so uh, you just have this pervasive sense of, uh, I think, anxiety here uh, amongst fund, ma- fund managers in particular who recognize that, you know, they may need, need to be involved uh, as they, you know, work against, you know, benchmarks. Uh, but at the same time, I think you've got a lot of people sitting there on the sidelines knowing full well that uh, in periods where rates have been held so low for so long that you've seen some pockets of speculative excess uh, ultimately crater and create some really um, really worrisome problems. And I think that you're just stuck in the middle there, and that's why there's just not a lot of uh, active participation at the moment. It's funny because i got a sense of foreboding. I looked at my 401k contributions for the year, and I'm almost up to the maximum. I'm like, I bet that's market top. I bet I'm not going to be able to get at a market low anytime this year. Yeah. But with that well, said, I'm, I'm proud. I got it maxed out. And I, I, imagine be, and I imagine you you are a proponent of dollar cost averaging anyway. So, um, you know, if you have the means to, to max out your 401k contribution, then it, uh, I think history certainly dictates that, it's a, you know, it's an advisable strategy uh, to do so. <laughs> What's interesting about that is somehow a few years ago I got stuck putting a thousand dollars in a month oh well paycheck. Mm-hmm. So I maxed out in late August, early September, and a wiser person would do a smaller amount and go all twelve months. But in the end, as a financial person, I'm like, it doesn't really matter if I do it in eight months or if I do it in twelve months, as long as I do it. I'd like to do it in twelve months, but I'm not gonna like ruin my day rushing out to spread it out more evenly. Um so sometimes I think Dumb policies or you know passive policies work just as well as active policies in investing. Right, and, and I, I kind of along the same lines there. You know what you're suggesting is, is also is like it's even though as much as you and I in particular really like to watch the markets day to day, I think neither of us would be proponents of trying to you know be market timers really. Um, and uh, and and to your point. You know, you made the contribution when you did, and you're not worried about it, right, in terms of, you know, missing out on those other four months uh, since you had already maxed out in those first eight months. But, um, you know, so, you know, more power to you, and congratulations (laughs) to being able to do that. Um, But it's, you know, that's the probably the broader message for everyone is that uh, trying to time the market is, is, is really impossible to do. Um, and so you just kind of have to take stock of what's going on in the market, obviously, and, and look at what's within that, you know, I think within your 401K or, or even a taxable account, really, and, and look at your allocations and, you know, what sectors have gone really well, which ones have not done so well, which markets, which economies, you know, in the same, same vein, and, and, you know, and make, your, make changes accordingly. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, market timing is a very difficult thing to do. So let's change gears and talk about what to expect uh, end of 2016, maybe into 2017. Uh, we've gotten pretty good results this year. I believe about 5% up, near record highs. Not great results, but pretty good. Um, do you see anything, you know, throwing a wrench in it? Is it going to be oil? Is it going to be earnings? Is it going to be revenue? Uh what could top yeah, loss? you know, you know, I think uh, it, it's probably you know what goes on with interest rates. Um, okay. And uh, and uh, you know and how the Fed and other central banks are influencing the movement of interest rates. Uh, you know, I think we've talked in the past that you know the market can tolerate interest rates that go up, uh, but for the right reasons. Uh, it can tolerate interest rates that go up, but in a gradual manner. So you know, if you get interest rates going up because, you know, maybe you have inflation that's not accompanied with 
uh, strong economic growth, you know, i.e. stagflation, that could be worrisome. If you have interest rates that go up in a hurry uh, because the economy and the data that's coming in is showing that things are a lot better than the Fed even thinks they are, and then you have this sense that the Fed is behind the curve and fighting inflation, that could be problematic. Um, so I think the trend in interest rates, uh, knowing full well that this market has been supported so strongly by the downtrend in interest rates, uh, you must take account and must be uh, keeping tabs on what's happening and uh, behind the drivers of, of interest rates, and, and particularly if they're moving higher. So uh, that's something that you want to be on the lookout for as you move to year-end and in, into 2017, because um, a lot of uh, another element that's helping to drive up this market up to keep it propped up, really, is this idea that you're going to see the economy and earnings growth finally accelerate uh, to some acceptable levels again, uh, in 2017 or in the next six months, I suppose, because that's been the kind of like the mind of thinking for so long now. And and so you need those things to come to fruition. Otherwise, you start seeing some, um, you know, well-heeled money managers questioning valuations a little bit more strongly than they are right now. And certainly those high valuations would come into question if you get a spike in interest rates. So when you're big picture column, you recently wrote about some of the things that could go wrong, and one of them is terrorism. And let's talk a little bit about it, because I remember after 9-11, someone called in and said, you know, I'm afraid to go out to malls, or I'm afraid to go out. I said, just yeah. go to a mall. That's like, that's the best thing you could do, um, is spend money, help your country that way. Um, what are your thoughts on terrorism and how it could impact the stock markets and world markets? Sure. Uh, you know, we sadly see, you know, acts of terrorism, you know, almost on a regular basis around the world, and, and they... A lot of times they're happening in the Middle East or even in Africa, um, you know, areas that we've grown accustomed to hearing of these, these reports. So it's, it's so the shock effect of, of hearing a headline there is, is not as pronounced as it is when you hear it hitting a, a you know a, a Western European country or certainly the United States. So that's that's one factor that you know the market is able to somewhat see through some of these terrorist incidents. So from my perspective, what I think ultimately. Uh, as you contemplate terrorism and the potential impact on the market, it will it will be proportional to what the market perceives as the economic impact is on the global economy. So what happened in France recently, terrible from a human standpoint, um, but the conclusion of the market, which you can see registered in, in you know, these major indices running to record highs, is that it, it really was not going to have a pronounced impact on the global economy. And so I hate to say it, but I think, you know, you need to have an incident that falls perhaps on the scale of 9-11 in one of the world's major economies to really upset the market in a big way uh, and lead to that nesting effect that you were alluding to where consumers essentially are somewhat reluctant to go out uh, into social places out of fear of, you know, a terrorist act. And, and then that can lead to a downturn in consumer spending, uh, which is obviously a really important driver of the U.S. economy. And so, um, so that's, my general perspective on on how the market might take uh, to an act of terrorism and, and what potential impact it could ultimately have, but anything shy of a, of a major incident like that, I think that you might get a blip, but ultimately the market comes back around and is able to see through it if it doesn't have a major economic impact. As always, thanks for being on, sir. Uh, excellent work, and I appreciate it, and I highly endorse and support everyone going to briefing.com, checking them out. They're a major um, a resource for domestic and international news on a global basis, packaged in a way that's pretty easy to get through. Uh, start simple if you've never done this. Um, start with a big picture column. Um, 
by Patrick O'Hare. It's under perspective. Go to the daily uh, page ones. Um, then you can look at live and play. Live and play kind of uh, watch the news in live real time. And if anything intelligent or anything actionable happens, it's out on the wires. Stock moves bigger down. You can find it sooner than later. So, uh, check it out at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 